Welcome to Save State Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Mondo. And once again, it's Josh. And today, uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a break from from gaming. Typically we do something about what's going on in the gaming community, what games we're playing, what game theories that we've been discussing. As of late, current events have kind of easily overshadowed. Yeah, what what's going on in our normal our normal platform. Today we're gonna take a second to hit that pause button. Save your game, put down the controller, turn the game off. It's time to see and listen to what's going on in the world. Normally we'd be talking about happenings in the video game community, but there is a more important matter that needs discussion. Police brutality and systemic and systematic racism has plagued our country for centuries. With the murder of George Floyd by the police, people across the nation are finally seeing the bias that America has set in place for the black community and are joining forces to make change. We speak about current events today. So those are terms that have been tossed around a lot. Systemic racism, systematic racism. I don't know if a lot of people understand what that means. The definition of systemic racism is racism resulting from the inherent biases and prejudices of the police, or excuse me, of the policies and practices of social and political organizations, groups, or institutions. For instance, it has been a proven fact that banks have been more prone to loan people money based on where they live and the amount of income that they make. And that is a disadvantage to people of color because they can't get the same loans at the same rates from these institutions that other white families could. That actually plays a part in, in exactly what's going on. Poverty in areas like Minneapolis is pretty bad. And that plays a part in crime. And that plays a part in statistics that show black people how many times they encounter the police because of what's going on and and, many, and other things as well. But that is the, the definition and just a, one example. Systematic racism is the impoverishment of people of color and enrichment of white people, vested group interest among white people, alienating racist relations between white people and people of color. And exactly, you can go back to that, the the bank example again there. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. Another thing that has played a part in what we're seeing today uh, are Jim Crow laws. I never realized how severe and unfair those were. And they were set in place after or about the time that slaves were going to be freed right. and that they were used to to control the black population out of fear and ignorance. And there's been almost no changes since you know right there's been small ones every time we see this kind of happen but never ever enough yeah exactly they they actually have i think a few times they've actually it's come back up and it has to be like a unanimous vote to vote them down it's like why Cause it's just retaught you know the the influence is there every generation because the stuff doesn't change right. so we, we grow up learning it and I won't say accepting, but at least tolerating or being indifferent to these laws and policies. So we're just like, oh, that's life. That's normal. And it's far from normal. It is. It's it's uh, it's depressing to think about that. That is something that is still 
talked about in a modern Congress. You know, here we are in 2020, and if you think about it, there are a lot of places. I mean, even the a perfect example would be uh, stop and frisk laws. I mean, that the majority of people who were stopped were black and Hispanic people. And again, that's just a way to to keep them in pocket, to keep them under control. And we don't know. I mean, why? Why is that allowed? You know, why does why is somebody in in Congress right now today thinking, oh, this is a good idea. I think this is fair. I mean, you can go back to these the systemic issues, you know, uh, how black people are pretty much pigeonholed into staying in these lower income communities. Right. A trickle down effect I wanted to kind of slide in there earlier is that plays off on the schools too. Yeah. A lot of schools are funded from local taxes and property taxes. So if you have lower, I don't know the word, you know, the, the houses don't have as much value or whatever. Yeah. So there's not as much tax money going to the schools, So the schools stay down and it just, yeah, I mean, a you vicious look at, cycle. Look at here in, in, in the suburbs that we live around, you know, you look at Carmel and look at their high schools and then you look at Christmas Attics, you know, it's because the property values aren't high enough. And if they're getting money from the taxes, from property taxes, not enough of it is going back to the schools. But then if you look at Carmel, a lot of times, I mean, how, how expensive are those homes there? Look at what those high schools have to offer and compared to some in, in other areas. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, it is, it's, it's designed. The system is designed to impoverish certain people. It just perpetuates over and over. Jim Crow laws, they were a collection of state and local stat- statutes that legalized racial segregation. Named after a black minstrel show character, the laws, which existed for about 100 years from the post-Civil War era until 1968, were meant to marginalize African Americans by denying them the right to vote, hold jobs, get an education, or other opportunities. Those who attempted to, divide, to defy Jim Crow laws often faced arrest, fines, jail sentences, violence, and death. And this actually comes from History.com's page on Jim Crow laws. And that's the definition. And every example that they give there as an explanation is, if you look at uh, Childish Gambino, the video, This is America, mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning, you see him kind of, you see the guy playing the guitar and you see him in the background. And he's got this this afro. And if you look at the jeans that he's wearing, they're like Civil War era like pants, right? And then when he walks up behind the guy playing the guitar and he holds the gun, the pose that he's in is exactly like Jim Crow characterized. And wow. there's a lot in that video that pertains to what's happening right now. Uh, he really hit it on the head for social awareness. There's so much going on. One of my favorite lines in that, and I, I've talked to... Uh, my wife, uh, Spring, about this a few times. And it's, he says, uh, that's a celly. That's a tool. And it is. We can now capture the things that the black community have talked about for years. We can now capture it on video and show people. Apparently, that's still not enough sometimes. No more sweeping it under the rug. Right. You can't. It's no more, yeah, your word against mine, or did that even really happen, or he was resisting. Yeah, that, if you get a chance to watch the video, if you haven't seen it, it is a fantastic video. There's even other videos that break down 
the imagery that that's in the video. We're going to get into our experiences surrounding the death of uh, George Floyd. I'm going to give the listeners warning. It's going to get kind of graphic and emotions may run a little high. You got to say something. Uh, You can't, you can't be quiet. We felt that this platform was a way to start a discussion and keep that discussion going and keep the awareness going. So be warned, graphic content ahead. Although if you're listening to the podcast, you should know it is explicit. <laughs> but we're going to go ahead and do that. And Josh, from that, like when, when did you feel something? Was it before George Floyd or was it, was it after that? I mean, you're, I know you, you know, we, we talk about issues like this. Has it been something that you've been noticing this entire time as well? Uh, racism in general? Or like the building, the building tension is just waiting for something. Yeah, because I I felt I I felt like this was something that has been building up for a while. Oh like yeah, where we are right now with rioting. I mean, this swept the nation. So I had always kind of been anticipating this. Did you kind of feel that same way? And then after George Floyd, was it like, you know, how how did that make you feel? I mean, it's always been here. You know, we we all know that. If you can't admit that, there's you need to have a deep conversation with yourself. Right. Um, I mean, I gr- growing up, you know, I was in a white cop family, actually. Right. And when I was younger, I would hear them tell their stories. And, of course, they would always have to over-identify the people in their stories as this black guy or... I'm not going to go too specifically just for the sake of anonymity and everything, but uh, it discomforted me because I always had pretty diverse friends, not diverse enough. It was never, you know, I never shared their ideals or anything. And then I was too young to speak up back then. You know, why would they listen to me or what kind of back talk would I catch, you know, from them? You know, now that I'm an adult... I've always just kind of shook my head when we hear about things like this happening with not just George Floyd. And then, of course, you know, when we heard it, we heard about it and the, and the video surfaced. I actually didn't watch it right away. Like, I I didn't want to, right. you know, because well, I, I already it? knew how I was going to feel. Yeah. I just didn't want to face it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's because uh, I'm white, you know. I, I don't know, but. I mean, I can relate to that. 100%. I mean, I didn't, I had, I had heard about it, like brief snippets in the news and in headlines. Like I, I saw it and I was in, in my head, I'm like, great, there's another black life lost. Right. And now I want to know why. And it took me a minute and it, there was something that came across Twitter. And I think I actually must follow somebody that follows the guy's video account that got banned mm-hmm. for posting the video. Mm-hmm. And that's how I saw it. So, I mean, I, I understand, like, you just don't want to see a, the actual death of another human being right. Again, unfold in front of you. Yeah, I especially don't want to see that either. But obviously, I eventually watched it. I think my wife saw it before me. She was like, did you see the video? Did you watch the video? And I was like, no, I guess, you know, I guess it's time. And there's just something about Chauvin, man, like... It wasn't, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't, 
some freak thing where he like you can it was so deliberate oh, and yeah. no one jumped in no one yeah i don't i don't know man like i really feel like as if i was not one of the officers if i was one of the bystanders it would have been so hard to just like throw away the risk of consequence and just do something like uh you know get in the middle of that is yeah i mean i i understand it's hard we'll, to watch we'll we'll talk about chauvin chauvin or whatever he, he we'll talk about that in a minute because mm-hmm. there's some things in that video that I, you could just tell but joining us i had mentioned my wife uh spring earlier she's here from regular bitches podcast you were gonna you wanted to intervene uh when josh was talking what was uh so you asked the question, how how did you feel when you watched it, or mm-hmm. how have you been feeling leading up to this? I don't know if your listeners know your ethnic background. No, they've not actually, no one has actually seen a picture of either one of us, actually, until today. We were going to get into that, too. But, okay. yeah, that's been, it's kind of been anonymous, but not intentionally. We've got some things in the works for video, but... Money and Well, for COVID. everyone who doesn't know, Armando is black and Puerto Rican. I am white. So, obviously, I've not had the same experiences as a black person, but I, I, I feel like I feel things differently than someone who's not in an inter- interracial relationship. Right. And you and I, through the years, have watched all the different videos of the different police brutality murders and we've discussed them at length but there was something specific about this one that was so different yeah in a way um it was so much more i'm not sure the word i'm looking for i don't know how to articulate it there's not really a word to describe it it almost felt more evil yeah it, mm-hmm. it was it was it like was... you could see the evil coming out of him and and he just did not care. Well, and he that, didn't care what bystanders said. He didn't care what George was pleading for. He just did not care. And it was so... It was so much more than, to me, than drawing a gun and shooting someone. Well, yeah. I, it, it was, and to watch that man plead for his life for eight minutes and... 46 four, seconds. 46 he seconds. didn't even just plead for his life. That man knew... His life was ending. He begged for his mother who had passed away. That's where he was. I have never seen another human being. You're going through the throes of death at that point and you know you're not coming back from it. I cannot imagine what that has to feel like. And that fucking cop, the look on his face, that's what did it for me. Because he did not, he was looking at those bystanders knowing that if they intervened, that he had every right to shoot one of them and defend himself. And that's why he had that look on his face. What are you going to do about it? There was no one in his eyes. No. So it was like soul-wise. Yeah. It was empty. It, yeah. Pure, pure evil. I, d- I didn't make it to the end of the video, I'll be honest. I, I couldn't. I sat, I was like Josh and I didn't watch it right away. I just, I didn't want to. I didn't finish it either. We were, you know, we're just coming kind of off the bend of COVID and, you know, that's been weighing on my mind and my heart and just not being able to see my people. And I just, 
I was trying to avoid it, but I knew that I couldn't avoid it. And I watched it, and I was alone. And I, I turned it off, and I, I'm sitting on my computer screen, bawling, just saying, "What is wrong with the world? What is wrong with the world?" And of course, my first thought goes to you, my husband. God forbid, what if something like this happened? Then I think about our nephews mm-hmm. who are mixed race and the conversations that we have to have with them. And you can have these conversations and it still might not be enough. But you and have to spoil heart, their innocence yeah, early, way too soon. Broke. And then I remember you coming home and us talking about it and just, again, like losing losing it and bawling and just like clinging to you and then we had our nephew that weekend and thinking about it all over again and I was hesitant to come on your podcast I'm still hesitant to speak on it too much because I don't want to overstep I don't want to say the wrong things I also don't want to say things out of anger and vengeance I don't think that's productive I'm still learning and I'm still trying to educate myself on what it means to actually be an anti-racist and I'm not in a place yet where I feel like I can be the educator. Right. But it's important. And I I just, just saying that, just it, it was just different. Every other time I've gotten angry, you've watched me yell at the TV and scream and get upset and be upset during conversations. But there was something about seeing it that was just, it destroyed me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to, to literally bear witness to something like that to, for the world. I just, I mean, I remember I was at work, just quickly wanted to, you know, my phone was blowing up with Twitter and I was just looking at what it is and just sifting through the mundane tweets of what's going on in Indy and Xbox 360 was tweeting and all this. And then I just happened to see, scroll through the feed and I just saw, I I think, like I said, somebody that I follow that follows this guy that posted the account or posted the video and he was all up in arms because they, they banned his account and it's because of this George Floyd video. So I kind of did a quick search and Josh, honestly, I I don't see how those bystanders could have done anything when they attempted to walk up. Chauvin pulled out pepper spray Mm. and his partner was about ready to reach for his gun. Yeah. They it's, it's that it's honestly, it's a gang mentality, man. Like, and I'm not, not to put down actual gangs. They really were were sticking together, and you aren't going to do a fucking thing about what we're doing right here. And that was their mentality. What's well, the fraternal order of yeah. police? They, you know, yep. they they got each other's backs through no and through, what. and that's great when it's great, right? You know what I mean? Brotherhood and stuff. That's that's awesome, but. Mm-hmm. In situations anywhere near as similar as this, there has to be a line. And you have to be brave enough to stand up to your brother or your fellow or your... Yeah. Whoever's in your squad. And, that, and they had... I don't care if they were on their third run of their career. Right. Wrong is wrong. And that's that's something that bugs me about uh, when, when people try to counter... George Floyd, you know, he he's not a martyr. I'm not looking up to this man. Okay, no one's asking you to look up to him. You know that saying? It's not the hero you want, it's the hero you got. Right. And 
he it happened to him his name should be remembered because he was murdered unjustly he was murdered unjustly i don't care if you believe that he's a reformed criminal or was on his way to becoming one i don't care if you think that you know he's a career criminal and candace owens truly believes this and she thinks that you know the black community is just you know lifting up bottom feeders and we we praise these criminals it's got nothing to do with that first a black another black man was killed by the cops secondly someone's brother husband and father was taken from this world and thirdly you don't treat other human beings that way you you don't i don't care what they have done there is a due process when it comes to law they failed to hold that part of protect and serve up. Their lives were not in danger. Or in not at all. No, Nonviolent crime. They petty petty crime? When it was just like... It, yeah, it wasn't even... It was or like alleged a, petty right. crime. I don't Alleged petty crime, and then he was under the influence. He had methamphetamine and fentanyl in his system, and apparently he was acting high. Okay. But that doesn't... Yeah. That doesn't mean we murder him in the street with our knee in his neck. Yeah. yeah. I, I for yeah. Almost nine minutes. There is no you justification. Don't get to make that judgment call. There's I, no justification. I've yet to actually see a video where he really truly resisted. I think someone. I think there's a video where someone has. Several people have stated that he did kind of resist getting out of the car originally. Okay. Yeah. But even regardless, like that doesn't mean that you get to choose to end his life. You had him in handcuffs. You, yeah, put him in handcuffs. You take him to jail if you feel that's what's necessary. And that's the end of it. He was in handcuffs across the street from the original store. And he's in handcuffs there. And there's, what, a few, like a minute or two before they walk him across the street and put him in the squad car. You see video of him getting in the squad car. How did he end up on the ground where we see what happened after that? You know, how, how, did, how does he become resistant to being arrested when you have him in handcuffs and in a squad car? None of this makes any sense. And it really... I think a lot of that is that protection within the police. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's Yeah, they're just... Again, protect and serve has turned into protect ourselves, serve our own interest. That's mm. all that's become now. It's never been... for for years... It's never been about keeping the people safe. It's about keeping them safe, protecting themselves. And that's gone on too far. That's, that's too far. I remember, I remember waking up on, uh, on May 8th and I was going to go through the Facebook stories to see because my birthday had just passed. So I was going to go back through and look to see like who wished me happy birthday and go back and like. And, you know, so I go to work, go through my day, come home. And I happen to be sitting in the living room and I see this tag because uh, I just was kind of checking Twitter news uh, as I do from jumping from one social media to the other, the more important ones in my opinion. And I see hashtag boycott Costco. And I was like, what did Costco do? What could they have possibly done? They give away free samples for shit. Like, how do you hate Costco? You know, I, I don't get it. So 
I'm looking at that. I'm going through and I'm reading these tweets about my freedoms are infringed upon. You can't make me wear a mask when I go shopping. This is America. You know, all this stuff about freedom and, and MAGA and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck this. Like, you guys, now now I don't care because it's nothing important. <laughs> I honestly thought that maybe Costco did something that was insensitive or who Made knows, some political you know? movement. Right, you know? yes. And that's what I was kind of like, well, what's going on? After I read that, it was, I was like, whatever. The next trending tweet hashtag that I saw was run with a mod. And I was like, hey, I had heard about Ahmad Arbery. What's going on here? I didn't know that it took them two months to prosecute his his killers. And then reading about this story, then watching the videos, I realized that May 8th was his birthday. And that he wasn't going to get a chance to look at his friends and family, wishing him a happy birthday. You know, to enjoy the day. And then I go back to boycott Costco. And I'm thinking to myself, we are so fucked here. If your priorities are, I need to be able to not wear a mask when I go shopping. And not another human being has been unjustly murdered. Not even by, by, by a former police chief. And his son. And I was beyond pissed off at that point and i had struggled so much i was like i'm gonna get on i'm gonna go facebook live and i'm gonna start telling people off and i was just so angry and then i kind of talked myself down from that ledge and i just kind of internalized it not soon after that we see michael cooper and amy cooper no relation in new york city and she is basically telling him and I'm going to call, well, she's not based, she did tell him, I'm going to call the police and tell them that a black man is assaulting me. Threatening. Threatening me. Yeah. And I'm afraid for my life. Right. And starts screaming. In the on, on the phone, in the middle of the park. The best thing he could have done was take out his cell phone and record that. Because as she's doing that, she's strangling a dog. To make her point. And she's also, again, someone weaponizing law enforcement against a black person. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I could think about was Emmett Till when I saw that. And if you don't know who Emmett Till is, look him up. He was a 14-year-old boy that was uh, beaten to death and mutilated because he was accused of... Whistling. Basically at flirting elevator. at a white woman at in a convenience store. No, no. Elevator. No, it wasn't an elevator. That's that's um, that's the young man from Tulsa. And to kind of show you like where, where the, the differences are race-wise between us. Growing up, my mother and my grandmother told me this story. I don't know how many times to pound it through my head. That out there, this could happen to you. You know, I saw pictures. This kid, I saw a before picture of him. And the after picture, he, he doesn't even look the same. I mean, you you can barely recognize him. And, and his mother wanted an open casket funeral to show the world that this is happening. And I couldn't 
it's just an image that sticks in my head and and it's a story that it's it's history that has been passed down to me for my protection so that i know let me get all the way up to you know george floyd and watching that video i i really i don't think i've been this angry at the world in a long time i haven't uh I really try to internalize and be tolerant and kind of resolve things. There's nothing. Don't. There's no logic for this whatsoever. I, I, I can't. And I'm going to keep talking about it. I'm not going to let it rest. I, I, it's like I said, it's, it is a, it is a, it is an anger I have. I haven't come into contact with in so long. Don't internalize. We were texting the other day and you were like, I just don't know if I can't not say something out loud right now because you were so mad. And I'm like, dude, don't hold back. You know, I'm not saying go out there, F, 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 this, F, that, you know, like organize it and structure, make it powerful and just let people, let let people know. Yeah. If they don't like it. Or they see you differently because of it all of a sudden. If it's someone you've been friends with for years, you know what? That says even more. Right. So You have every reason to be angry. Yeah. Every reason to be angry. And you are allowed to voice that. Voice it constructively. Use your voice to get through to people and to help make the change. Don't use it. Negatively, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the right word? Well, no, I mean, I'm not um, gonna run around and, and and I know you won't. I know your heart, but well, again, there was a time where I was just like, "Fuck white people, I'm sick <laughs> of this shit." I know what you guys are all about, but then again, you walk back from that ledge, and you're like, "Well, maybe not so angry. Maybe, maybe figure out how to sort that out before you you it's really hard, talk though. to it. It's it hard. is. It is. I mean, I felt angry, and I am white, and I recognize that I have white privilege I've you know you were talking about your mom and your grandmother having this conversation with you to be honest I didn't learn of Emmett Till until now I don't remember it in history I don't remember it ever being brought up in history I don't ever remember hearing the story in my own home you and I for whatever reason have haven't discussed it until now there is a diff like Knowing that you had to have a conversation, my conversation about the cops was, you know, be respectful. You're going to have to show them your ID. You're going to have to show them your registration. Make sure you know where those things are. Don't take off your seatbelt until they come to the car unless they ask you to. Those kind of things. It was never about saving your life. The conversations that your mother had to have with you was about saving your life if you get pulled over. We get pulled over and we're like, man, we're going to get a $125 ticket. You get pulled over and you think, I could lose my life today. And I don't think people understand the significance of that. And they need to know. They need to hear your voice and your thoughts. And you need to have those conversations with people. At the end of the day, if they want to still choose to have the hate or to not understand your position, let them go. They're not your people. They were never apparently your people. But some things are said, I think, out of pure ignorance and lack of knowledge. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I can agree with that, yeah. I've seen more ignorance in the last 
what, 10 days? Yeah. Or two weeks from from people I didn't expect such a level of ignorance from, you know? Yeah. And I've been going back and forth with a lot of people I didn't expect to about this. And it's really frustrating because we were, like me and some of these people, I will keep anonymous, obviously, I, you know, longtime friends. It's just so frustrating that they just choose not to look into things. They they they're defending something about them, like uh, you know they're being taken down a notch, and it makes them uncomfortable. So I don't know if it's like ego or right. pride or the fact that they just feel like they're wrong. So I read something recently yeah. about the term racist. And obviously it's a derogatory term. So whenever you call someone a racist or say even that they're doing a racist act, their immediate reaction is to get defensive because Mm -hmm. nobody wants to be looked at as bad. Nobody wants to be called out for their mistakes. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to have that attention drawn to them. What people, I think, fail to realize, what I have failed to realize is that On some level, regardless of your color, you have said or done a racist act. The term racist is a descriptive word that describes a verb, not a noun. It doesn't describe you as a person. It describes the actions that you were taking. And you very much could think to yourself, I'm not a racist. I have black friends whatever we've all said that but if you turn around and then use a phrase that all lives matter for example that's a racist statement in the face of the black lives matter movement it doesn't make you a racist it doesn't make you a person filled with hate that makes you uneducated and not understanding what the movement is about so i think everybody needs to stop being so concerned with it's okay that you've made mistakes it's okay that you have done these things admit to it Ask how you can change, learn how you can change, and or, move forward. Or just recognize, you don't even have to ask for change. Just recognize, okay, if someone explains to me, that's eh, not really, maybe you shouldn't have, like, privately, maybe you should have tried a different set of wording, maybe you should really think about what you're saying. A lot of people do get defensive, and they're like, I can say what I want. It's free speech. Right, but there are repercussions to that. Free speech. Free speech doesn't mean freedom of consequence. Exactly. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and some people don't understand that. Yeah. As some people think they're they're one and the same, and, and they're not. I didn't come up with that, by the way. I saw it somewhere. So it's whoever true. that was, whoever I saw that, that's their credit, credit to you. But... Yeah. <laughs> but that I mean, it's it's very true. Like you, it, it takes a very introspective person <laughs> to realize. Okay. What can I do differently in this situation? And then grow from it. And you have to have humility. Right. Most people don't, though. People, people... when they feel like they're edging up to like, man, maybe I was wrong. They they reel back in this, I don't know what kind of defense mechanism that goes off in them. They can't just be like, "Ah, damn, like that was kind of wrong of me. They're just like, oh, no, 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 I it's my stance and I'm sticking to it. For what? The sake of sticking to it? Right. Pride? It, it's, that is so frustrating to me. And, and what I've been trying to explain to people, like, 
how earlier I said I always had mixed friends or uh, what was the word thinking of like so jumbled right now generational yeah just friends from all different yeah and but that that doesn't mean like spring just said that i never did anything racist i'm sure i made some joke especially when i was younger from you know imposed thing beliefs from previous generations probably not too far back unknowingly Mm -hmm. even you know just some natural assumption and yeah I've been called on it in private. I felt ashamed and it it sort of started to bring up that feeling of like whateverness. Like you're just like, whatever. If you claim you have black friends or any other race, you know, or if you're black and it can be kind of on the other side. Oh, yeah. But that's the understanding we all need to have for each other. Like, it's okay to be wrong. No one wants you to apologize. You sh- you shouldn't ask for forgiveness. Just understand you screwed up and just move on. Be better. Yeah. No one's trying to oust you and make you feel bad about what you did or the and, way you, you, you know. And even after people listen to this, that's all we want. We don't want to browbeat you over the head about this. Just listen to what we're saying learn from it don't take it personally because i'm not here to attack anyone other than you know some of those police officers right now and and some police in general like i'm kind of pissed about that still because i go back decades and see what i've seen you know, on television, the news, and and hearing stories in my personal life, like it's I I kind of am angry about that, but I want people to listen to this and understand that it's not it is not a personal vendetta. It is a way to contribute to reform what is wrong now. That's that's, I mean, I can say that we can all agree with that. Yes, it's yes. not it is not a it's not a personal thing. So just just take what you're hearing here. And I'm not a statistician. I'm not going to throw a bunch of statistics out here. This I'm isn't a numbers topic anyway. No. This you know? is this is about certain phrases and things that we've heard and how we can educate you on that and look back. A lot of people really are picking and choosing parts of history to throw in in on social media right now and it's like, well, Maybe you didn't know about this, this, and this before this picture was taken that you're using. So, but we'll get into that. Some of the phrases that we have been hearing are, are well, one, one in particular that's big in the news right now and has been since this whole thing started what is defunding and dismantling the police. A lot of people freak out when they hear defund the police. And they're like, well, who's going to be there to stop someone from murdering and raping your family? People who say that read nothing more than headlines. Yeah. Or the title of the newest YouTube video. Yeah. Please read deeper. Read more into it. They're just media buzzwords. That, that that's what it is. Is to get is well. In this case, it's not clickbait. All of the time, it really is to get people to talk about it so that they understand. But. Because we live in a society where we get things in small little bites, 
and then we hear the rant, that's what people are doing. They're just looking at that and saying, I'm not going to, yeah, well, next time someone breaks into your house, hope you have a gun. And it's like, well, it's not what this is about. Use the internet that you use to find your alternative facts to understand what this definition is. And I'm not calling out any particular group of people. I'm just saying people in general do exactly what you said. They see this little clip and they're like, fuck that shit. Or, yeah, yeah let's do that shit. Well, what is it? What's the shit that we're doing? Like, what, what does this mean? It's this flyby media. You know, you're just scrolling and you, and you see a sponsored article and, and it yeah. says defund the police. And you're, you don't tap on it. You just keep scrolling. Then, you know, you just come up with all these ideas. And then when someone's like, no, actually... This. this you're like no uh because you already convinced yourself of you something. became a scholar on the subject when you <laughs> saw the title of the youtube video way to go high fives that's yeah Woo. but defunding the police isn't necessarily a bad idea a lot of police departments now have become like corporations they actually are generating revenue from unions uh you, you know Back in the day, it used to be you donated to help police when they died or not. Well, when they died or, you know, to help take care of their families when an officer died. Right. Mm -hmm. Officers having tough times. I don't see anything wrong with that. I see nothing wrong with that because you're actually helping another person out. There's nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to the point and reading up on this, I really started to put these two things together. When it comes to the point where the police have the same military weaponry that the military does, how the fuck are you paying for that? Yeah, I wanted to mention that as well. How is it that... You see the riot gear they wear. Right. The APCs they drive around in. Yeah. And the, <laughs> what are those things called with the, that, that shoot a, a, like a deafening sound and it knocks oh, your those, equilibrium those off? those sound cannon. Yeah. yeah. They had those, and it's like... How are you paying for this? Why are you... Well, I read an article that said that the rubber bullets and the tear gas, and I don't know about anything else, I don't know about the right gear, probably the right gear as well, was all bought after 9-11 in case we had to fight against against terrorists in our own country. That's what it was bought for. So apparently it's... And I read one article. I didn't go back and dig further, so right. this, this could be... Fake news. You're not a YouTube know. scholar is what you're saying? I'm not, <laughs> okay. but I did read the full article, so there's that. I didn't just read the headline. Right. If that's the case, these aren't terrorists. You're using weaponry, weaponry mm-hmm. <laughs> um, for against Americans. Yeah, your, your own people. Yeah. yeah, civilians. You were ready to go to war with your, your own citizens your own people before you were ready to tackle that meth lab that child porn ring because they're not dressed up like that busted in a lot of these places but in the la- in the past like you said the past 10 days the pictures that i've seen it's like how do you have this and the best part about that is, is that they're actually running around now uh incorporating prison like private prison guards and they don't have to wear identification on their uniforms. So it's like, this is the police of America. They're like uh, mercenaries. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, 
Send it. No, I'm not going to Google that. I'm not laughing as I find it funny. It's just... It's, wow. Yeah, it's wow. just... It, you you kind of have to step back and, and kind of chuckle about it because they are... You're really building up a police force. Like, not not to... Not to police. Not to police. No, exactly. Like, there have been so many pictures. I saw one today of a young woman who was passing out flowers. And the one of the officers took that from her. And as soon as that happened, they arrested her. For what? What did she do? There's a... There's a article or story and i just updated her notes with the link okay Uh, you should read later if you haven't already and i'm gonna mention it it's uh called confessions of a former bastard cop and he actually provides insight he confesses he himself used to be a really shitty cop and he goes through and talks about training uh, and all the things that are kind of instilled upon him about almost looking for the opportunity to use force right and it, he just kind of goes into that i'm not gonna make that a, a subject right now but it's it's pretty good read uh, for what it's worth right yeah I'll have to. I'll and he mentions that you know the crazy funding and having the armored personnel carriers and yeah the weaponry that they have it's it is it is ridiculous but defunding that will be kind of fell off track there for a second but that's fine defunding is taking the money that's given to a police department and reinvesting it back in the community something and i had wrote this down as something that we can talk about but i'm going to tie them together honestly and this this isn't a defense case but really you need to look at it the police are overburdened. Mm-hmm. They truly are. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, you had IPD, and then you had the the county, the sheriffs, right? And they were separate. Now we have Indianapolis Metro Police Department, right? Well, they combined them, and there are some people who were against that, but they their budgets became one. It's one department now. And they say to cover a broader area. And to me, that makes sense. I don't really have an argument about that because then my idea was they're not all bad. Looking at this, though, you have to think what happens when the government decides to cut funding for mental health programs within this state? Well, then some of those places shut down, places that you know, like suicide prevention. And um, I mean, we saw it when we worked at the hospital, uh, people coming in for the 24 hour watches that, you know, that that's a burden on the police because they have to go find those people, take them someplace and then possibly do it more, you know, times in a night. That's because social, the social services that were provided for these people, there's no place for them to go. So it falls on the cops. It's the same thing with uh, drug rehabilitation. If there's no place for people to get rehabilitated from addiction, what happens? You know, they fall back into the same crowds they were rolling with before. That ties into crime. That ties into a lot of things. And then it falls on the police. So their budgets have increased to keep up with the demand of the lack of social services. That is on the government. That is not on the people. 
So if you were to take the budget that you're putting into the, the police departments and actually reinvest it into programs that help communities, that would actually help stabilize relations between police and civilians because you'll have fewer interactions with them because there'll be places for people to get the help that they need. And the cops can worry about reacting to actual disputes or violent crime. But I think it needs to be, and I'm I'm not completely versed or educated on defunding, and we do need a police force, I believe. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, And I don't think any of us, you know, hate all cops or think all cops are bad. That's not the statement. That's not the movement. We want the police brutality and the injustice to stop. But I don't think you can go in tomorrow and completely just defund them. It needs to be a gradual progression. I, I agree. But see, that that's the debate, really, because it's and that goes also into dismantling, too. When you start to do those things uh, in certain areas... So dismantling would be completely getting rid of law enforcement? So dismantling actually, not getting rid of, but you take the entire department and you just fire them. You fire everybody. Like what happens in that time span from when you fire to when you rehire? You're going to have to, there's probably, there's probably a core group that they keep in order to rehire, but then you're also retraining. So a perfect example, since we're talking about this is it did happen in Camden, New Jersey. They dismantled their police force in 2013 because literally the arrests that they were making before that, like say 2011, 2012, they were actually catching people who didn't live there to come. I think they said, this article that we have links to says that they had something like 175 open air drug markets. So the arrests that they were making were people who were coming there, opening up shop and selling, or coming there to buy, and they were arresting people from other states. Then corruption started, it was already there, and it started to set in because you have a tired police force because that's what they're doing day in and day out. And again, it's not making an excuse because if you're going to take money or kick the shit out of somebody to steal their drugs, then there's something wrong there to begin with. So they fired everyone and rehired, retrained, and it actually, during that time, I don't think arrest, like crime and arrest didn't spike. So what happened was during that training process, you're having people out on the streets with a different mentality now, and that actually increased and stabilized the relations between civilians and police officers. They have a stronger community bond with the police now. I think that's what people want. Yeah, to do cl- yeah. clean slate. Yeah, with the staffed police, you just get a new force. It's not we're just getting rid of them forever, and that's it. Well, and some people right now, again, that that is also the debate in Minneapolis. That's what they want. Do well, away with it. One, one of the mayors. I, I can't remember her name. That's her goal is to have a policeless community. Now, I don't think that's realistic. No, because there will be people who will try to take advantage of that. Didn't matter what race you are. No, there's going to be oh yeah somebody who is going to try to take advantage of that. That's happening in Seattle. I think that's what you're talking about. Um, no, there was a Minneapolis oh. uh, f- official who wanted that eventually. 
I know Seattle right now, they're... Yeah, the autonomous zone. Yeah, it's... That's nuts. People are handed, they're giving out free food. It's like a street fair. Uh, I saw a video today, and they were... The police station's been closed, and it used to say, like... Um, Wait, it's been completely closed? They good? removed anything expensive from the police station, or anything valuable, Hell. and... They, they had, ditched that precinct. Yeah, the precinct's boarded up, fenced up. And where it used to say, like, Seattle Police Department, it says Seattle People Department now because basically, like, the people have taken over. And I think I think that's... This, this isn't done with the, the rioting and... The nation's kind of pissed off. Yeah. There's a small group of people who are going to sit there and say little quips and, and take their little... Uh, news bites and throw try to throw it on social media and get people angry but they're going to be in the suburbs where they're safe with their guns and they're not actually where the the issues are and if you are i mean you're brave get out there and speak your truth but again that's that's a lot that's a lot on your back there so yeah that, that's something that kind of worries me too with the autonomous zone at least in the media uh, you're starting to hear a lot about that, and I feel like it's taking away from the main focus here, and especially right. like the defunding the police subject. I feel like it's kind of sending people down different paths, you know, taking turns off the main road, which we need to uh, focus on right now. Uh, yeah, totally. civil rights and everything. Uh, well, well, that and yeah, I mean, these these need to be small conversations on a big scale. Mm-hmm. They, you really need to tackle one issue at a time and you need to focus on, you need to get people to focus their anger. Because I'm sure there are white people who are just as angry as I am. I mean, I know there are. And yeah, Josh and I. I mean, well, see, yeah, I, right. <laughs> I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I, I kind of really love watching live streams of the protests and everything oh, yeah. because the crowds are very diverse. Mm -hmm. It's not just black people. Like, so many people coming together yeah. for this. And yeah. it's, it's kind of, it's really, not kind of, it's really cool to see that. It really is. It gives you some sense of hope. Yes. It does. Yeah. It, it, what What's interesting about the protests. So, how, I mean, four years ago, five years ago, Colin Kaepernick decides to say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm going to exercise my right to a freedom of speech to protest police brutality. He actually started off by sitting during the national anthem. There was a... Uh, the story that I hear is, and I think there's some, some fact to this, is that uh, an ex-military person approached him and said, hey, you probably shouldn't sit. Why don't you try kneeling instead? Because let's, let's think about it. And I have seen this in my many years of going to church, in my many years of watching sports. I don't know how many times I have seen people kneel before a cross, kneel before they get onto the field. Didn't Neil Tim Tebow touchdown right? Touchdown zone. Didn't they? Didn't Tim Tebow kneel a lot too? I mean, but because Kaepernick does it, then you have people. I'm gonna try not to call out a specific group of people, 
they got upset. What did they do? You're disrespecting the flag. You're disrespecting the military. Let's try to change the narrative with how I feel because you're encroaching on my safe space. Oh, I'm pissed at you. I'm going to burn my season tickets to the NFL. I'm not going to support Nike anymore. I'm going to burn all my Nike gear. Well, first, you're a fucking dumbass to do that because who really are you hurting? Nike doesn't give a fuck. You already gave them their money. NFL already got their money from your tickets. Right. So <laughs> who who's who's really getting hurt from all this? If you were to say, I'm never buying Nike products again. Okay, but again... You are probably a, a 20... that's probably a lie. Right. You're going to forget in two months and go buy the newest Jordans. Right. It's cool. Or whatever football players endorsing, you know, whatever team they're going to get. And really, it's like you're 25th of a percent of a penny to them doesn't mean shit. They're a corporation for a fucking reason. Like, they have done this well, for a Nike while. Well, Nike knew exactly what they were doing when they took the stances to stand up with Kaepernick and say, we agree with him and we defend him. They knew what they were doing. They knew they would get backlash. They wouldn't have agreed to go ahead and do it. Right. But at the same time, I mean, you have to give... Corporations typically don't take stances like that, and you kind of... Whether it was for their gain or not, whether it was for them to get attention on it or not, they took a stance and said, hey, you know what? We're with this guy. Oh, I just mean Nike... Nike, back to your point Yeah. Who are you hurting by burning your Nikes right, and saying you're right. not going to buy Nike again? You're not hurting any, You're not hurting Nike. Nike expected that loss, but the the gain outweighs that loss, and they knew that going into it. And this got so much attention that even Trump had to say, you know, we should just fight. Just wouldn't it be great if you just like get that son of a bitch out of here? What really, really? Like you had to. You had to refer to NFL players, black NFL players, as sons of bitches. Like, okay, great. And it really bothered me about that because it's like, how is he hurting anyone by doing this? I mean, as you're sitting there on your couch eating your frozen burritos or your Panera or your Qdoba or your grilled stuff, stuffing your face, being an armchair quarterback on a Sunday like you should be able to do in this country... Why are you offended and hurt by this? How big is your dick? <laughs> like, really, like, you know, like... I'm not sure, honestly, where the where the offense comes in. They said it was disrespecting the flag. And then it turned well, into disrespecting the flag disrespect? in the military. I don't understand why they think it's Because we stand with our hands over our heart. What did you learn in grade school? What, was, what did you have to do in grade school? Like, that's just how you do the anthem. But because someone decided to take a different stance on it... And say, hey, you know what? Out of respect, I'm going to kneel. And he bowed his head, too. That's a very humbling stance. But see, that's the, that's the sad thing about not only that situation, but what's going on now is, again, the main point of his actions and our actions now get over-politicized. And people start making these, like, red versus blue arguments. Yeah, yeah. And this is about people. It's not about your politics. This is about centuries-old policies that need to be updated for a modern world. Like, mm-hmm. It's just... It's not about conservative or liberal. It's about people. And it's overlooked. It's so frustrating because when when you try to have this conversation with some people 
they start pulling from that, you know, yeah. like, oh, you're just a liberal, you know, you just, you know, and then they just start going down that road. You're like, I mean, so what if I am? That's not the point. Right. Everyone needs to be treated equally. Everyone, like, it's time for this to change for real. I, mean, I don't understand why giving someone equal rights, why, why is it a threat to you? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. take away your rights. No. This doesn't even add to you them. You have to agree <laughs> with the fact that you don't. You may not have to like. I would prefer that you like gay marriage. You don't have to necessarily like it. You don't have to agree with it. But why are you so angry about it? I, 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 Giving how is it hurting the you? Right to get married does not take away your right to get married. Right, but also it doesn't affect. You. But also giving someone the right, giving a black person, and this is where I'm going with this, giving a black person the right to protest is no different than your right to protest. So we talk about his, because he, he did a lot in that time. He gave millions of his salary to different organizations to fight against police brutality. He did a lot that I didn't even know about. I found out about this like two years ago, and I was like, wow, I thought he was just protesting. To protest. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. You know, like, way to stick up for for people in the community. But then I read about all this that he did. And I'm like, so why the fuck are people mad? Like, how can you be mad about that? They're, they're, you really have no reason to be mad about that. So he was basically being told. And the narrative was also directed at other people of color. This is not how you protest. This is the wrong way to do it. You should have done it a different way, right? That this isn't the right way to do it. Fast forward to today. Mm-hmm. Now what do you have to say? Shit hits the fan. You fuckers are running out to the suburbs, cocking your shotguns and barricading yourselves in your fucking homes because, God forbid, a rioter come from a city 30 minutes away from me to break into my home. I'm prepared for this shit. They shouldn't be right. I don't understand why they're just busting everything up. Why, why are they burning things? Why are they so angry? Well, because you told us to shut up before. You tried to silence what we had to say before. You tried to quiet us when we were being peaceful. And now the tables have flipped and you might be a little afraid. Now it's like, you can't do this. Well, then how the fuck are we supposed to protest? Mm -hmm. You people in Michigan want to run up to and storm the state house with your fucking AR-15s? And your riot gear, your partial riot gear, and your militias, and you want to scream in the face of police officials and courthouse officials, and you want to get in their face and scream with your guns. Did they get rubber bullets and tear gas? No. Did they get met with batons and pepper spray? No. Those cops took it. They basically bent all over these people because it was their right to protest. It was their right. Kaepernick can't take a knee. Fine. I can see the mentality is like, we've had enough of this, so we're just going to do, we're going to take shit back. And and that's really what it is. We're going to make you listen. Yeah. It's the. People don't understand how far back this goes. It's not over just George Floyd. And it's years and years and years. I mean, century, decades, maybe not centuries, decades worth of being suppressed and being uh no centuries is right but it also comes off i mean 
I don't know, in the span of like four months, it seems like we had Ahmaud Aubrey. Aubrey. Aubrey, sorry mm-hmm. for the pronunciation. Brianna Taylor. We yeah. had the. I'm so sorry. My memory's just not great. The kid here, the guy here, I got chased down. Dre- was it Dresden? Yeah. I think it was, yeah. Um, there were like four different instances within two to three months. But see, and that and that is the point. We can't keep up with how many people have died. Yeah, I, I, yeah, you can't. You, 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 you can't. And it's, I feel bad a lot of times because I remember, I remember a lot of people's names, but again, like locally, it's happened, and he didn't get lost, or he, it's caught up in the the feeling that everyone has right now. You know, you, you, it's. It's it's frustrating. Nobody, nobody got lost. I don't think anybody got lost. And it goes back to the conversation we had about that video of George Floyd was just so different than what we have seen before. And there was so much evil behind it that I think it just grabbed a little bit more attention. And then that, that stuck with you because of the way it made you feel. But, again, it, it all came off of, like, two... I don't know the time. What is it? Do you know four months, three months? I'd say it was it was, it was like within five, four to five difference. It was within two to three months. Police within that time instances. Yeah. That and it so, seemed to yeah, be ramping like, up. People, I mean, we were, were already angry up until this point, and then you have all of this happen in this short time frame. Right. And they're angry, and I can understand why they're angry. As yeah. a white person, I understand why they're angry. Why you're angry. Yeah. And I I hope to God that I would still feel that even if I wasn't obviously married to a black man. But I can tell you right now, if someone were to put their knee in your neck for almost nine minutes and take your life, I would want to blow some shit up. Yeah, yeah. And it, it, it... If I was looked over constantly for a job for a promotion because of the color of my skin. If I was denied a loan simply because of the color of my skin, I would be angry. I don't think people understand too, like white people did the same shit. They rioted and destroyed cities and communities just like people are doing now. Mm -hmm. The other point I wanted to mention, and that's something that we've all seen is that people want to invoke Martin Luther King, like they're on some social media seance, and throw his picture up, and say this is this is how you protest. Okay, you can't say that because there were peaceful protests four years ago, five years ago, with a football player, and that was wrong. And you're saying the same things that he did. He's the same things that he did. Now, the Martin Luther King did, Ka- Kaepernick can't do. Okay. And then they want to say, well, he wasn't, he wasn't disrespecting the flag and there was, there, was no, there was no social connotation to it. Bullshit. He fought for civil rights. And a lot of people don't realize that picture of him walking through Selma happened after they beat the shit out of everybody who was there. You probably pan the camera to either side of that picture. There's probably someone curled up on the sidewalk from getting their ass. The original organizer on March 7th for the Selma to Montgomery march, there was two of them. And this is where 
it pisses me off because, again, people are picking and choosing what parts of history that they want to use for today, for what's right now. Well, let's, I want to make a small correction to that. It's not necessarily so much that we're picking and choosing, is that history, and it's this is a term that I've just recently learned, was whitewashed. Certain things yeah. were left out of our history books. But I remember Absolutely. seeing this. I remember, well... Do you remember seeing it in school, in history, or do you remember seeing it at home? Was it talked about by your mom and your grandma? or It was, it was talked about at home, but thankfully, some of the history teachers that I had, they made a point to add this. Like, you would see these protests and him walking, locked on and step, and everything was peaceful. And they would add to it and say, well, actually... This, this, and this happened. So, for instance, like you said about people being curled up in a ball. So, the original pro, uh, organizer of the Selma to Montgomery protest was Amelia Boynton. They met those protesters, sheriffs and posse men, with billy clubs and tear gas. And they beat her unconscious. And there's a picture of this where she's curled up in a ball for walking. No one was rioting except for the white people there. They wanted to cause the chaos, and they did. And it wasn't until Martin Luther King went to the courts to plead for their protection to do this that they stopped. Otherwise, if he had gone through there, he would have been met with the same violence. So when you want to put up a picture of Martin Luther King, just remember, we were peacefully protesting until you wanted to intervene. And as a matter of fact with him, I don't even like to see people use anything from him whatsoever because James Earl Ray killed, tried to stop a movement by killing him. They, he, he murdered him, he assassinated him, and he tried to stop it because he was from the South with those beliefs that they did not want black people to have the same rights. And why? All they wanted to do was sit down at the same uh, diner and eat the same food and pay the same prices. They wanted to drink out of the same water fountains. They wanted to provide better for their children, like you were, but you didn't want them to. And this goes, and again, like you said, like these riots, this is nothing compared to what has happened previously. And happened at the hands of white America. There was a video, I think you shared Spring, and I've seen it in other places of a lady, I think, from New York, and they were interviewing her. And of course, you know, she's upset and, and she's given her her speech and she's ranting and her final line says, you're lucky we just want equality, not revenge. So that video, like, I love that. I mean, I don't like the you're lucky part. I mean, I get her rage. Right. I'm not saying that, but to adapt it, I think would be awesome is all we want is equality, not revenge. And I think I'll... It's where a lot of like these all life, all lives matters kind of people, that's where they get uncomfortable. Like I, I think they feel like the black community is coming after them for revenge or to take more than they deserve, quote, air quote, air quote. Right. And uh, it's, it's not like just chill out. No. That. It's just, just be fair. Yeah. Just recognize. Well, I mean, let's Targeted. let's start simple. Yeah, exactly. Let's start simpler. She said, Just hey. recognize that there is brutality. There's weaponization against the black community. Just recognize that. Let's start there. 
And then let's grow from that and realize, hey, look, people are mad for a reason. And, and, and that's that's the core right there. Stop killing us. As a white person, just say, yeah, it's been unfair. Just just say that. Yeah, it's been unfair. I mean, st- yeah, but no one there. So there's people are so resistant to this. That's some of the ignorance that we've all seen on, on social media and heard from people face to face. Writing isn't going to fix anything. This country was founded on violence. Look at the Boston Tea Party. They dressed up as Native Americans to go through and wreck British tea because they didn't want to pay a tax on it. No fair, what was it, no no taxation without representation? Mm-hmm. So you went in there and you started busting shit up. That's a riot. That's okay, though, for our forefathers to do that. That's all right. They didn't just bust stuff up. I mean, they set those ships and everything on fire. Fire, yeah. Another quip to throw in uh kind of alongside the all life matters claim people will also just try to sidestep any involvement say it's 2020 why are we even having this conversation uh one it's been going on way too fucking long yeah and two we're barely what two generations away from the civil war this isn't even that long ago yeah in the main scheme of things yeah this is still new but it's also yeah, been going on way too long. Or somebody's great grandparent could have been a slave. Like you knew people well, who were who were alive during the civil rights movement. That's nineteen sixty seven. The the side effects of systemic racism. That's what I mean. Like it's not that old. Yeah. It's still there. Nothing has changed. And like that that comment, I, I'll never understand that. I, I really don't get that at all. I mean, it's because, and honestly, it's the only real thing you can say is because because the conversation hasn't been had. I mean, you, you can't say, why are we still having this conversation? Why aren't you listening? We haven't faced it yet. Right. We it, really haven't truly faced Like, the North won the war. You know, we've had movements. We've had very unfortunate, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about. I'm not going to go back over it. Nothing's ever actually changed. Right. Like, on paper or... Nope. In the system. And if you go back, I mean, riots have been a part of this country's history since the early 1800s. Mm-hmm. Some of the ones that I'm going to note briefly, the 1910 nationwide riots, these started because Jack Johnson, who was a black heavyweight boxer, defeats Jim Jeffries to become the first black heavyweight boxer. Across the nation, people lost their shit. An African-American has a heavyweight championship. I can only imagine the gosh darns and other phrases that were used to... to and they, I mean, really, like, people were fighting. People were getting killed. People were shooting. All because a, a black man won a heavyweight championship? Welcome to sports, motherfucker. Like, you're not the best at every. No one's going to be the best at everything. You give that man long enough, he may have lost a belt to someone. But, again, it's just been kind of, let's not talk about that. Let's focus on on what really happened, and that's what really happened. In 1919, the Chicago race riots, that started because uh, a white male was throwing rocks at black swimmers and actually killed uh, a person. Uh, His name was... um, Eugene Williams. And they actually didn't arrest, they failed to arrest that man. 
They arrested a black person and blamed, basically put blame on him for it. And there's straight chaos again. Like they go into the riots lasted more than a week. And in typical fashion, the National Guard was called in to maintain 6,000 troops were there to maintain. And this happened in Illinois. This is in Chicago. And that's, that's where it all started. And they have a seated history with, uh, with racial issues. Uh, Illinois is not a, not a very, you would think, you know, Lincoln came from that. But yeah, probably, probably, probably not a good idea to call the National Guard there. In 1921, and this is what you were talking about, the Tulsa Race Massacre. Black Wall Street Massacre or Greenwood, there's been the Greenwood Massacre. It has a lot of different names. I never really, I knew about it. I didn't dig into it up until recently. And they say it was the first time bombs were dropped on U.S. soil. So they they weren't truly bombs, but they may as well have been because they were balls of turpentine that were lit on fire. They dropped them on businesses and homes. What? Residents trying to flee the chaos. They and it was flew. in a black community. Well, so right. Black Wall Street was everything was black owned. Yeah. Where they couldn't go and do things, they made their own. And what and this is what confuses me. If you wanted segregation so badly, then black people at the time give it to you. And then you want to take it away from them again because they can't have all those nice things. Well, wait a minute. They're not interacting with anything that you want them away from, which is still wrong. And they build it from the ground up. And the woman in the video, she was saying the same thing. That's what she hints about. She talks about where they were dropping actual bombs on us. This is what she's talking about. So Dick Roland, Rowland? He was an elevator, or he was a shoe shiner. The woman that he came into contact with, Sarah Page, was an elevator operator across the street from where she worked. Supposedly, it, it, it's it's not accounted for what she said. They, the police seemed to never have interviewed her, but they took him into custody because they he was allowed. I, I still have issue saying that, but. To use the restroom in this hotel where she worked as elevator. Coming out, one of the people in this hotel heard, a gentleman heard her like gasp and scream and saw him rushing out quickly. They basically accused him of assaulting her. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of mystery behind this because there's nothing really was accounted for according, you know, because it's, again, dealing with the black person, the police, and a white woman. So, the funny I thing is... was is, that he just whistled at her. No. What story no, is No, that, that's story? Emmett Till. I'm so confused then. Okay, I apologize. No, that, I that's fine. That was again, all hearsay, too. Like that. So, well, there was no tech to capture anything no. either, you know? it's No, it's he said, she said. Yeah. And it basically, their word against his at this point. So... They arrest him. Rumors spread that he had been lynched. A group of white people, armed white people, showed up to the courthouse. And then when the rumors spread that he had been lynched, then a group of armed black people showed up to the courthouse. Twelve people were shot that day. And this all took place a little Memorial Day weekend. And most of those businesses were supposed to be closed. And they don't understand why either one of them were down there to begin with. But 
this is how it started. So then after people die in the initial incident, that's when they decide to go and burn Greenwood, this suburb of Tulsa, to the ground. Privately owned planes, they flew over this place to bomb innocent people to, to take what they had built from the ground up. I mean, that, that's, that's sickening. And that's, that is probably the worst white-inspired riot in, in our history. And then you have others like the Harlem riots in 1935, the Harlem riot of 1943, the Watts riot in 1965, and then after Martin Luther King died, then there was, there was a riot in 1967. And that's where Dr. Kenneth Clark was basically saying, like, we're repeating the same cycle. It's the same incidences of violence and racial injustice and racial inequality, and there's no there's inaction to follow. Nothing is corrected. And here we are again in 2020, and people want to bitch about, well, I don't understand why they're rioting. Look at your fucking history. Go do some research. You'll see why we're rioting. It is innate in our in, in our blood to destroy one another. And then with you with you have that coupled with racism on top of that. Who's really the cause of the riots here? This is just anger leading up to this point from what has happened before. And that goes to what she was, uh, what the young woman was saying at the end of the John Oliver gotcha. video. Is, and see, I didn't even know about a lot of those. And it kind of goes back to what Spring said. We're not taught that. I think no. the only thing really involved with black history that we learned in school, aside from Civil War, was MLK. Yeah. They're not going to tell you all of this. It's it's a sort of... I mean, the I don't link... even know, honestly, if I think back to it, if I even learned about, like, Malcolm X in school. No, no. I they wouldn't teach that. For me, I believe my first knowledge of Malcolm X, real knowledge, I mean, I had maybe heard the name, but I didn't know the story. I didn't really know what he stood for, what he was about. Yeah, we learned about him. Like, we knew of him, knew his name, you see his picture, there's a little history, but yeah. that's but honestly, it. Honestly, it was that time we went to visit your sister at college and we watched the movie in her dorm room. Yeah. That was kind of my first real experience or um, knowledge of Malcolm X. Like, there's just so much that was, is not taught, and what was taught, to use that phrase, was whitewashed. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I mean, he, it's funny though, because he was labeled a terrorist. The FBI, they really wanted to label him a terrorist because of the group that he affiliated with. And then when he broke off, they still were trying to find a way to bring him down. And as like... Well, yeah, because he started something. So, you know, he's... Right. He got people thinking. Yeah. And showed people how to rely on themselves and their community and put money back in their community. And they didn't like that. Same thing with the Black Panther Party. You know, and I found out today how many police shootings. Like, if you look at Philando Castile, right? His his story really sticks with me. And Trevor Noah had pointed something out about this. He said that there was there's a lot of jokes around Father's Day in the black community. Like, oh, well, how do you know who's, who the father is and this and that, you know? And it's like people laugh at it a while ago at the time. And it's kind of like, it's a... You know, we, we've made jokes about it. Not us, but black people have made jokes about it. But if you think about it, he was murdered in front of his wife and daughter. Murdered. Reaching for paperwork 
to show an officer that I am a legal gun owner. The cop doesn't even know how many times he shot him. He doesn't know how many times he discharged his firearm. He said seven. It went to eight. He said possibly nine. He didn't even know. He just fired because he was reaching for paperwork after being informed, hey, I'm a legal gun owner. I'm going to show you this, right? Where was the NRA to stand up for a citizen who was murdered by local law enforcement and a local government because he was informing them that I have legal paperwork to show that I'm a, I'm a gun owner? They should have been all over that. They should have been all over that shit. They should have been like, hey, you know what? This is not fair. This isn't how it is. This is, You can't do this to citizens of this country. The only time the NRA has actually stood up and said something, specifically a ban of, fire, of uh, assault rifles, was when the Black Panther Party stood out in front of a courthouse and they all had assault rifles. Then they wanted to say, well, we need to put a ban on this. Everyone can't have assault rifles. But now look at today. And what are they fighting for? It's the complete opposite of that. And again, it's it's a racial injustice because... You have white people who have these guns, these high-powered weapons. They want to keep them, and they want to fight for their rights. They don't want to fight for everybody's rights. You know, and, and that, it's bullshit, man. Like, I, I, I really, his story in particular, and all the deaths after that, it just, it really resonated with me. I, I, I really... Why are we so afraid to fix? And I mean we as a country... Why are we so afraid to just just do it, make it right, set it right? The people who have their biases and prejudice against other races and stuff, I mean, it's going to take generations to unlearn. Obviously, it's bled down this far. But we need to set the legal things in place and the, and the systematic things in place and then start working together, working together to make each other better. Yeah. Why why can't we just do it for once? Like there there's something so ingrained. It just you know what I mean? It feels like there's this like it just keeps happening. Like there's no way for us why? to Why? There it, it it appears that there's no way for us to break out of that. But I think that's what they what the laws and the government wants to be perpetrated is that you you there's so much work to do and there isn't it's it's as simple as defunding a police department, having a conversation about that. And like you said, no one wants to do that because of all the the fears that tie into that. I watched a news interview this morning. It wasn't from today. I think it was a couple days old. And I don't remember the city either. I, I It might have been New York City. Their, the pol- their police department gets $1.2 billion dollars annual fund why can't we and i'm going to use this defund that down to even if it was 600 million even if you took just half their budget or maybe not even just let's just take 200 million of that right just for starters and put it into places for people to go for just social support safe places for kids that are still trapped in lower income areas or somewhere someone can go to get mental you know to talk to somebody yeah or yeah the social, anything literally anything else the social services that are going to help society if Why you lift people yeah. up give them better quality of life 
or at least have a network to fall back on, you wouldn't just send cops in their faces all the time over and over and just saying, get out of here, go do this, or running through the system and process them, then they're back where they started. Right. Some real framework. Yeah. It, it, then you yeah. Would, maybe we wouldn't need as many police. If people were to see exactly how much money some of these police departments get, it's, it's sick, It's man. insane it's when I saw some of them. Like, some of the smaller cities... And I mean, I think smaller than Indy, obviously. We probably get quite a bit, too. Like $342 million for is it some... Is from the government? Or is it also... Not all of it. No. Uh, I mean... Because they do have union... They, the article I mentioned earlier, actually, too, they make a lot of money off the people they arrest for, through a forfeiture. Sure. You know, yeah. just taking your money. Um, not going to go down that road. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think you mentioned unions... There's a lot of government money yeah, also. Plus donations on top we of don't, that. I mean, we don't really know. They won't tell us. It's not our business. I honestly don't care where it comes from to an extent. It's just, it's crazy. It's yeah. so much. Yeah, it's, it's disgusting, honestly. There's a show that Donald Glover is in called Atlanta. Love this show. It is, it's disturbing and funny at the same time. Disturbing the fact that it kind of puts what actually happens in society like in your face. It takes place in Atlanta. One episode, he gets arrested because a few episodes earlier, him and his cousin were basically like, they tried to get him to like an accessory to murder, but the guy didn't die. So they were like, well, okay, we're going to have to let you go. But they, the episode takes place where he's in jail and this guy comes in, older black gentleman, and he's rocking back and forth and making sounds. And these officers know who he is. And they're like, okay. They don't even have him, like, sitting in a chair, handcuffed to a chair like everybody else. They're kind of like, you're harmless. It's fine. Clearly, he has some type of mental health issue. To the point where he even grabs a, a little, like, Dixie cup that they have there for water. And dips it in a jail cell toilet and they were, everyone's like, oh, he's going to drink that. You know, they knew what's going to happen and he takes them and puts it in his mouth and this officer is like, oh, you're not supposed to do that. Like, that's not good. Let me get you some water and he spits it in this officer's face. That's assault. They beat the shit out of him right then and there and to the point where he's got blood and he's bruised and Donald Glover's character is just sitting there like, this shit really happened. Like, the look on his face is this shit really happens. Like, he had, he knew, but he never saw it. He didn't want to know, but he's witnessing this. And that's exactly what's happening. This is what the police have to deal with, is that kind of stuff. Because that man should have been taken someplace where he can receive the medication or, or just, the help that he needs. Just the right kind of attention. Right. Instead, he's in a fucking overnight lockup with a bunch of other people and doesn't need to be there. But this is where, this is where our society has gotten. Anybody downtrodden, anybody who doesn't need help and they can't get it, where do they end up? In the pits. And if you think about it, as a police officer, how do you view society at that point? If this is the shit that you see it day in and day out, you're going to see them as a threat all of the time. And if it's black people, you're going to see black people as a threat all of the time. So yeah, it is time for some reform. It's time to pull back a second and look and say, okay, what can we do to help these officers go back 
to helping the communities that they are supposed to protect and serve. Oh. It, it, it's some and, and some of the other things that we've run into is all lives matter. We talked about that. That's really just this is an antithesis to to what is actually the narrative Dodging that's happening right now. Yeah. Trevor Noah did mention the social contracts that we're entered into uh, once we're born. And the woman at the end of that video, I cannot think of her first name. Last name is Williams. She just, I mean, it, it, I, I feel rage and sadness at the same time, listening to what she has to say. And she's right. And, and Trevor makes a good point about this too. And that is, we enter into a social contract when we are born. So we go and we're, we're brought into society and you're taught right from wrong. And you know, you're not supposed to steal. You learn these things. And if you do steal, or if you do, if you break the law, then you're going to jail. So the people who were supposed to come and, and protect us, the authorities take us and we receive punishment for the laws that we break. But if the people who are, who are supposed to protect and serve are actually killing us, why should people care about anything else at that point? Why should they care about society and holding up their end of the contract when clearly it's not being held up on the other end? Mm-hmm. That that video, uh, there's a link to that on uh, Blogspot uh, for Save State Heroes. Uh, I'll put all that up there. Where do we go from here? Uh, hopefully up. Yeah. You know. I mean, for me personally, it's about educating myself and learning more and doing more retrospect um, with myself, identifying the times where I have made racist statements or have had racist actions and correcting those, having hard conversations with people that I love who may not see it the same way that I do. Yes. And trying to educate them, um, you know, and then just... You have to use your voice in whatever way that is. And there's um, a really good article out, and I, I posted it, and maybe we can put it in the show notes for yeah for this, but it's 75 things white people can do to fight against racism and to become an anti-racist. And two of the, the big things, and I've already done these, it didn't take a lot of action on my part, but... Um, for some people in different cities, it might take more action. Look up and make sure that your city requires that your police officers wear body cams. And if they're not required, lobby for that. And then the other thing is make sure that your police force is made to do de-escalation training. Yes. And make sure that it's not just a, a one-and-done type thing, that they're doing it you know, kind of yearly. Here in Indianapolis, thankfully, beginning this summer, our police force will start wearing body cams. But up until this point, they hadn't been made to. And they do do escalation training, but it is more of you have to complete so many hours. It's it's kind of a one-and-done thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so write to your, your state representative and encourage that. Those are two, I think, of the most important things as far as, like, the racial... Or not the racial, but the um, police brutality that I think we as a nation can do. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of healing. There's 
a lot of reform that's needed, and we've got a long way to go. I just, I just want people to admit, like I said earlier, it hasn't been fair. You know, we ended slavery, but that, that, you know, that was not enough. I just want, I don't want people to be so stubborn. I just, I don't, I don't even know how to say what I, I, I get what you're saying though. I mean, more compassion. The, the idea of slavery ending should have sparked a reform. And instead, it sparked a reform on how we can still keep these people, how we can keep black people oppressed. Yeah, or all that really did was, oh, okay, so we just signed in a law that yeah. owning a person is now illegal. And that was kind of it. Yeah. And that, yeah, we didn't reform there. anything else. That's right. Because what yeah. were you supposed to do at that point? You know, you're, you're free. You're not in shackles anymore, but society is putting you there still. I don't know. I just feel like today, you know, as far as the timeline goes, that we can make sweeping changes in government. I mean, we did it with uh, the pandemic, you know, the stimulus Mm -hmm. packages. I'm sure there's a lot of things that were involved in that that weren't, that didn't need to be, but we did it. And faster than I think we've done a lot of other things in government. And I know right now they're working on an act with uh, police reform. Mm-hmm. And not just at the state level, but there, I think there's something going on in the White House right now, right? Yeah. So why can't we just do this for the people, for citizens as a whole, and just cut the shit? And just do it. Let's put an end to this cycle. <laughs> I'm right. people, what is so hard about that? Just open yourself up and say, I was wrong, or I was stubborn, or yeah, you were right. All right, pass a law. You know, like, start start the reform. Let's start the process. The healing, like you said. Right. You know, let's get on with it. And unfortunately, I think if it does come from our government, if they make the changes first, then society will kind of follow suit. They'll feel like, oh, well, it's okay, because person and well i don't think it'll stop with 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 black people i think then once there is a reform there that's recognized it's going to branch out to okay well what about police brutality in general it'll it'll keep moving Mm -hmm. until the changes are met and we see each other as equals but that's going to take a long time because there are a lot of historically passed down ideologies that are still in place like josh said earlier like it's it's there until that is wiped out until those people realize that the change needs to happen and it needs to start within themselves first Mm -hmm. that's when we'll see real progress but it's going to be a fight up until there it's just not gonna it's not gonna happen overnight but that's why we're going to keep talking about it That's why I'm going to keep sharing my thoughts on it. That's why I'm going to keep donating to charitable organizations to help fight this. Whatever it takes. Keep the hope alive. Yeah. And speaking of charitable donations, savestateheroes.blogspot.com. You can find the links for everything that we've talked about today. 
One of those links is for the Black Lives Matter partners. You can donate to any organization such as uh, the Black Alliance for Just Immigration, uh, Color of Change, the Movement for Black Lives, the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, Undocu Black Network. There's so many places that you can donate to help the cause. Right now, we're giving our time and our words. We are going to continue to talk about it, as we said, continue to donate and do what we can. Just hear what we've had to say today and talk about it with your friends. Especially those that don't understand. Have them listen to this. If you're listening to this and you don't understand, do the research. Please, do the research yourself. Just don't jump on someone else's coattails. Right. Comment. SaveStateHeroes.blogspot.com Hit us up on Twitter. At SaveStateHeroes. Just anything about this. You can reach out to either one of us. We'll answer. This, uh, this, we'll, we'll talk about it. I want to keep the conversation going, so... Until next time, uh, you all be safe out there, and uh, let's keep this conversation going.